0: Is this is this recording?
1: Is it? Yes, yes, is it? it is. Are we are we back? Are we live? We're live.
0: Can you hear? You them? think? Did you say something?
1: <laughs> is this thing on? <laughs> so, what do you think? We should we uh, let people know uh, what we've been doing? Where have where we been? been? Uh, yeah. Where have we been?
2: Tur- turns out, after six years, you you need it. It's good to have a break.
1: Well, you know, I mean, there was a few interests that we were kind of pursuing in our personal lives, and we wanted to just see how that stuck. I mean, you know, I was pursuing a career in uh, tattooing, um, specializing in architectural tramp stamping. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Um, A little modular modular man action at the base of the back. Evan, I mean, you know, I don't know how much you want to get into, uh, you know, the beet farming experiment you were doing, but... You couldn't have picked a worse <laughs> vegetable to to associate with me. I mean, and you know, it it, it seems pretty Can't natural wait to hear what vegetable he's going to put me in. Well, I mean, Neil, I mean, I mean, you can go ahead and start letting everybody know. I mean, you've been pretty serious about uh know, marathoning and you just want to take it to the next level and, you know, you uh oh, felt I like wish. it was you know, nude marathoning was the <laughs> way to go. <laughs> And so, oh, I mean,
0: Sharice is going to pull out that damn picture again. Don't <laughs> be talking about that shit. <laughs>
1: you know, so we just we should let the people know exactly what we've been up to. and mm-hmm. Or down to. <laughs> or, maybe or maybe not. Neil's got his, his swagger back. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs>
0: really? <laughs> yep. So where have we been? I think that was it
2: that that, I that's I'm sticking with that story right there that you just told
0: that's because you're associated with beats
1: (laughs) it's safe yeah a little safer so are you (laughs) well I mean you know the opportunity for me to show off my work on you running nude marathons (laughs) so everybody can see my work (laughs) oh man that's great. Wow. You say, like, "Hey, wait, is that Neil?" No, that's one of Mal. Cormac's tattoos. <laughs> My
2: eyes are up here.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's great. So, so yeah, we took a break, and I think uh, it was it was needed. So, hey, there you go. That's the reason, and and it works out yeah. because we're about to start season seven with a vengeance. Seven, number seven. Lucky, Lucky number seven. seven. That's right. So we've been talking about like changing things up, right? So I th- we'll take the opportunity here to talk about maybe where we're going with this because we're thinking about having a plan this time. So, <laughs> so what we've been talking about doing is we're we're going to, and we don't need to get too far into the details here, but we are changing the structure of this show and making it a little bit more of a series for. Um, the first half of the year and then maybe we'll do a see how that goes but we're kind of planning on a, a second series for the second half of the year so that we actually get a summer vacation so there would be uh some time off from the show during the summer and then probably some time off from the show at the end of the year as well so that we can kind of regroup and come up with something for our most beloved listeners to get ready for and anticipate and uh I don't know. I don't think we have much more to say about it than that. Other than we could talk about what we are going to be basing this first series on. What do you guys think? Yeah, we can give them a little sneak preview, a little preview. And so I guess we won't stick to this epi- this uh, this outline too closely as far as like order, but maybe just throw out some topics so and take some turns throwing out some topics.
1: Yeah, I mean, so we've been schematic designing it a little bit. And, yep, we're in the SD yeah. phase. Yeah, so. It may go the way we think, but you know, then we may start getting input from every other constraint we have out there, and I'm it may client. go sideways. Exactly.
2: I like schemes client, four contractor. and eight, and I would like you to cram those two together.
1: Uh, don't even. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't shared my 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 pains over the course of the last few months, so and oh, you just there will be time you just, for that. Uh, Open one, yeah. Open the wound. So. One of the things that we wanted to start taking a look at is we're all 20th century uh, architects here, and we'd like to uh, really kind of delve into what defines the architectural career of the 21st century and look at it in a series of different snippets that we feel are what makes the career for the next millennia of architects. Yeah, different points of view, right?
0: Yeah. Different avenues. Different things that will affect us as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. And things that we see on the horizon that are really going to affect our profession as we see it in. I'm going to say golden years of of our <laughs> career. <laughs> I don't think
2: there's such a thing in architecture. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was actually speaking All of your golden years. <laughs> All right, aluminum years. I mean, <laughs>
1: I've I've seen my paycheck.
2: Who's in their 70s uh, or 80s in in this group? That's the golden years
1: of architecture. Unfortunately. Neil, then you want to take it? (laughs) Shut up.
0: (laughs) Really? No. No. (laughs) Well, I think, I think there's, this gives us an opportunity to explore a number of different things through a series of shows that will make up kind of all tying back to one sort of topic. And we may, you may go all over with this, but I think that's the, the out. yeah, but that's the, the the largest goal. I mean, we're going to try and look at maybe even explore a little bit about what, what was the architectural career of the 20th century, right? If we're going to understand what the 21st century might be, I think we need to maybe look at what the 20th century was. So I, I think that's something that might be kind of interesting to talk about and What's this, uh, uh, what's, what do we see as the upcoming future of even d- the design process? Um, how, does that, how does new technology come into play? Um, what that might do to, quote unquote, the digital practice? So there's, there's lots of different avenues that we've, we're outlining here uh, to do a series of episodes in creating this um, first part of 2019 season here.
2: Yeah, I think what's kind of interesting about this is that as usual, you're going to get kind of three different perspectives from three different places of experience within our careers, but also types of practice that we that we all participate in and even three different <clears throat> three different backgrounds because it is kind of interesting to see how much things have changed since we've we started, right? And and I would only ex- expect that that's going to accelerate
1: you know and even so far as to you know talk about the differences geographically and how we do it here on the east coast and how you guys do it on the west we do our technology different yeah you do
2: <laughs> here in cali yeah and i think there might be some future casting in here right like where are things headed um potentially or or just some wild ass guesses but um it's a it's always a an apt topic to bring up and talk about, especially as students are coming into the profession. Uh, It's good to know where it's been and kind of start to influence where it's going. And I think it would be interesting to get some different perspectives out there along the way. So one of the things that we wanted to put out there right in the beginning before we even start, and, and because we've kind of explained it in such a loose way is that we would like you, the listener to chime in and, give us ideas about the things that you want to hear about. And our goal is to collect information along the way and then either use it to influence where we take this series or use it as kind of a a rapid fire episode at the end to kind of wrap the whole series up, depending on the types of questions or comments that we get along the way. So, uh, we wanted everybody to know about the hashtag that we've used previously, but we're going to continue to use it called Ask ArcaSpeak. So just hashtag Ask ArcaSpeak. You can use social media to to do that. You could also use the feedback form on the website. If you go to ArcaSpeakPodcast.com and click on the feedback button at the top, you can ask your questions there if you would like as well, or provide your comments uh, and uh, Facebook works, Twitter works. I think any of those would, would be fine. So If you want to use a hashtag, ask we'll know exactly what you're talking about. If you provide something on the feedback form, you can reference this episode as well. What episode number is this, Neil?
0: Did you? I think it's 160. 160, cool.
2: Yeah, so we would love to hear maybe some ideas about what you're interested in hearing about or getting our perspectives on. Uh, Hopefully, in the previous 159 episodes, uh, you've got an idea about who speak is and, and where we've come from. And uh, and you could base it on, on that kind of understanding the journey that we've all been on for the last six years. Uh, and I know that we've definitely had episodes that talk about technology, but our goal is to dive a lot deeper and kind of provide some interesting perspectives and, and still make it fun along the way.
0: That sounds like I'm going to get a lot of crap then. That would be fun. The fun part. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, then, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that is working
0: up a whole new line of things. I can hear it now. Taking notes.
2: (laughs) We've been taking notes for the last two months. So, uh, is that it for this one? I mean, one of our goals is actually to not care how long the episode is, right? So it could be shorter. It could be longer. It just depends. We're going to let the conversation go wherever it goes. I'm not sure sure it's not care. It's
0: I don't care. Let, I'm I'm up for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up for whatever. That's all I'm trying to say. I think I think maybe it's better explained is that we're not we're more inclined to let the conversation dictate the length of the episode and less about sticking to an hour long type of format. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean sometimes the content might might be uh short and sometimes it might be long and, and you know, everybody, there's a pause button on the podcast and you can pick it up where you left off. So true. I know we've gotten, we've gotten feedback in the past. Why don't you make it exactly this length? That is the length that I want it. Uh, and (laughs) that's just not the way it works. not, not for us at least. So I think that explains it pretty well. I know it's a little loose, but we want there to be some surprises uh, in the coming weeks. We're going to stick to the same schedule. And uh, our goal is to, again, take, the, take some time off in the summer to recharge. We've talked about how important that is in uh, the life of an architect and uh, to get some, some inspiration and recharge the batteries over summer, spend some time with our families, and then uh, kick it off again with a series two in the later half of the year. Other than that, you guys have anything else to say about this particular topic? It's good to be back. It's good to be back good to talk to you guys again
1: you left we, we.
2: oh yeah Cormac, mcneil and i we had some conversations without you sorry
1: oh okay uh-huh. I, know.
2: I know where i stand Yep. all right we'll, we'll see you guys uh in a couple of weeks
0: sound good sounds great all right see you next time uh okay so how did we do this before uh, this episode sponsored by brought to you by i don't know yeah. this episode of ArcaSpeak is brought to you by RCAT the time has come for your firm to begin gathering product and material information for its next project let's say you're tasked with finding the top gas fireplace manufacturers and they need to have CAD BIM and specifications
2: wouldn't it be nice if there was a search engine that showed you the data that you need There is, and it's RCAT.com. Search for a product or even a CSI section and get a list of North American manufacturers and the data they offer.
1: Even better, you can download all the technical data for free. You don't even have to register to use RCAT. Save your firm time, money, and frustration. Go to RCAT.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com.
2: And thanks to RCAT for sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. All right, so I wanted to save this for the after show, the new after show that nobody knows about. So if you're still here with us, you're you're uh, you've just discovered a new piece of the show. So over the last three weeks, I've been working on a secret side project, and it's been really fun, but also it's just like one more thing, right? So. I'm a little torn <laughs> about it because <laughs> these things are difficult to to squeeze into your life. But a few weeks ago, uh, I was approached by some people in the office to do a design. I wouldn't I don't want to call it a competition. It's not really a competition, but it's a design project on the side where Steelcase came in and asked us to participate in a charity fundraiser and they the only reason I mention the word competition is because they do give away three different prized kind of categories uh, in this charity auction for and the, the only one that I know about is, uh, is Best Concept. I can't remember what the other two are. Anyway, um, so Steelcase makes this table leg system called Baseline, B-A-S-S-L-I-N-E. So you can look it up if you want. But basically it's this – table leg system that's like one piece and it can support 850 pounds. And the idea is that you can put whatever top you want on this thing. So you can make up your own top. You could throw a piece of plywood on there all the way up to, you know, they've got some cool pictures online. If you check it out, there's one, that's like a manhole lid. Um, there's some gym flooring that somebody turned into a tabletop, whatever. So the idea was to, you know, every team, and, and they basically approached, for this particular charity auction, they approached a bunch of LA area firms. So our LA office participated in the office that I'm in, the Ontario office, we participated. And then there's other firms downtown that are doing it as well. So ZGF and you name it, they, they created a table. So tonight is the event. So the event is actually just ended, I think, like at 8.30, um, and we're recording at nine o'clock. So... It's kind of cool because if uh, if you go on to Instagram, it's probably the more um, active social media outlet for this kind of thing. And uh, if you search for baseline table as like the hashtag or just HMC Architects, is, I know that we are definitely putting stuff. If you look in our Instagram stories, you can see a, a little story that they put up tonight. And you'll see the two different HMC entries into the event but what we decided to do was we um we had this idea of kintsugi. Have you guys ever heard of that?
1: Mm.
2: No? So kintsugi is the uh it's like a Japanese art of putting I think for the most part ceramics back together again. So so imagine uh, like a yeah. yeah, like a like a really nice vase falls off the table, right, and it shatters. And so the oh, Japanese easy. Go ahead. I was going to say, don't they usually mend it with the uh, gold? Yes, exactly. Right. So, so they, they don't just try to glue it back together and hide the cracks, right? They, they, they put it back together and they use gold. They kind of like chisel or sand away the cracks so that you, you have to fill it in a little bit wider than the hairline crack that it might be. And then you might even replace a piece that completely like went to powder or something with, with another found object or a piece of something. And the whole idea is that, that, it gets put back together again and it's often more beautiful than the original object. So Mm. that's one of the reasons they use gold uh, is to really like make them stand out and provide a contrast. And now this thing has a story, right? And that was definitely inspiring to us because the foundation that they're supporting with this uh, charity auction is PABLOVE. It's P-A-B-L-O-V-E. And it's for uh, kids with cancer. So, There's a a friend of ours uh, in in the office whose daughter has childhood leukemia. She was just diagnosed last year. Cormac, you know him. It's Bruce. um, And he's Mm – you know him through Instagram. And his daughter, Bodie, was diagnosed with childhood leukemia. And so they've been fighting that for, I don't know, the last nine months or so. And so it's like one of those things that just kind of came together, you know, the perfect storm of – just circumstance and ideas and all this stuff. So our idea, our, our idea with my special expertise of concrete countertops <laughs> that I've been through in the last year, uh, is was to pour a tabletop out of concrete and then break it and then mend it. And we didn't end up going exactly that route as you guys, as we alluded to earlier in the show, um, you know. Things don't always go as planned. And so we were a little nervous about shattering it and it holding back together, especially when it's really heavy, like concrete, and then somebody having to pick up this table and move it, right? So what we ended up doing, and somebody on the team had a brilliant idea of basically building the cracks into the table in the formwork. So um, a couple guys built the form out of melamine and then uh, brought it into the office and some of the other team members used silicone to design the crack system, a quote-unquote, you know, podcast quotes, uh, crack system, and basically built it up within the form so that when we poured the concrete in, these cracks were kind of naturally formed in there so that the table was still one piece. So it's kind of more of a practical thing. And Mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of cool because uh, on the test piece that – that was done. It just, the concrete just popped right out, and the the silicone did not stay in the concrete at all. It stayed on the form perfectly. So it was like, okay, that actually might work. And so we we ended up doing the full table. So it's about 20, 28 inches wide, fifty inches long. So it's a big thing. Um, you know, it's like a coffee table, and poured it one day during lunch. Went over to one of the co- the colleague's house, and we we mixed like five bags of. Concrete and oh my gosh, just you know poured concrete and and mushed it all around with our hands and really worked it into the form and um then we had to wait like a week for it to cure, right, which is not really long enough, but it was all the time we had, so we kind of forced the issue and pulled it out of the form and it worked perfectly, so that was pretty sweet and uh and then we filled the cracks with a kind of a mixture of gold powder. So, like, we're not filling the cracks completely. We're just, like, kind of dusting them. And then we used uh, gold glass flakes in the deeper pockets that we made, and it looks very geode-like. And then we filled that all with clear epoxy. So it really seals it in there and kind of flattens it back out. And so the final product—and we could put a picture into the show notes just so that everybody can see it— And we have some video and stuff like that as well. But it was sweet because like the clear epoxy dries, you know, use a heat gun, you get all the bubbles out. It's crystal clear. It looks, it looks amazing. And then we epoxy the rest of the table. And then I had all of my child slave labor, my four kids there one day (laughs) and we were all sanding it. And, uh, It just, like, the when you touch it, it just feels so perfect. I mean, it's, like, an amazing to-the-touch kind of a feeling. So, uh, anyway, you know, long story, sorry. But the whole, like, you know, there was a whole story that was written up and a board to support it. These were all kind of requirements of the show. And the table weighed about 200 pounds when we were all done with it. But, man, like, everybody who saw it was just, like, so impressed with this the idea and the execution. And I was getting, I was like, I was in Phoenix the other day and I was getting text messages, man, this table looks amazing. Great job. And we just kind of staged it in our lobby and set up a couple of Eames chairs around it and really made it feel like it was, you know, what it was designed to do is be a, be a coffee table. And so uh, it just turned out super, super nice. And I think what was so rewarding about this process was it was completely separate from the day job, right? Like I'm, doing staring into a computer all day, every day, uh, and doing all the other things that come along with life. And it was really fun to kind of just get away from all that and work with people you don't normally work with and make something out of your, with your, with your hands and even get is, you know, my, my kids involved and get other teammates involved and, and make this thing real. And there was no way we could have pulled it off, you know, with, with even less people. It was just one of those things where it's like everybody doesn't have time to do this how are we going to pull it off so anyway um i just found out i just was watching instagram following the hmc um account and we won the best concept for the show so super cool yeah very cool so i'm not sure what i'm not sure what the auction kind of brought in or anything i'm I'm hoping it was fantastic for everybody you know the firm could have bought their own table if they wanted to but starting bids were at 300 bucks and they went up from there but um I'm super proud of that and proud of our team and just what we were able to pull off and, and we, you know, that we had this inspiration to go off of and make something actually really meaningful. And, uh, so they did it, at the Steelcase showroom, downtown LA and invited all the firms together. I think they had about 15 firms, put all the tables on display and did this charity auction. I think it was a great cause, super cool to be a part of that. So that, that's my, uh, my after show story. I just thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about that and and just put it out there because i would love it if everybody checked out the the hashtag baseline table and just see if see what other um tables were shown at the show because uh, i think the information is slowly creeping out and they're showing all the different tables that showed up that night but pretty pretty cool experience and totally different unexpected and i think it's just one of those things that when you're doing it you're like how did i agree to do this (laughs) <laughs> but then, when you actually do it, you're so glad that you did so it's like one of those opportunities that comes up and you say yes because you want you you want to participate in stuff like this, and ultimately it works out you know in a in a really amazing way um totally unexpected as well
1: sometimes it's just always good, like you said, we're always staring in the computer i mean we're clicking away all day long doing everything that it is to keep the projects going. But sometimes we sort of start to feel like at the very, at the very least we lose connection with like the maker inside of us. Yeah. And it's always good to kind of like reconnect with that. And if it's doing something like a competition like that, or sitting around and, and sketching, but you know, and or just doing things that reconnect to you or rekindle it. But what is even better with what you were doing was, is that you're doing it with coworkers that you aren't normally working with, but, you're collaborating in a very community atmosphere. You know, you're just having fun. You're just doing it because you just want to do it. Yeah. And it just, it, those are the kind of projects that like help totally recharge your batteries when you may not know that you're starting to wear it down, but yeah. sometimes you wear it down and pro- fun projects like that are, are, are really things that are, uh, that kind of excite you and kind of keep you going. And plus it, you know, builds a, you know, a whole new camaraderie within the office. I mean, especially like with your role now as director of the digital practice i mean you're out there and you're you're now having to like deal with everybody within the firm and stuff and so you know to have like uh fun projects like this you know it's not just oh you know evan's just the the digital guy and all that other stuff no evan's the designer guy evan's the builder guy evan's the do anything for anybody kind of guy so you know i'm that, a table that, mover that, <laughs> you're, a, you're a table mover Anybody moving this weekend, call Evan. (laughs) Yeah, right.
2: (laughs) Yeah, totally appropriate to say all that because we had two graphic designers, three people from interiors and myself. And, you know, there's other people throwing ideas at us. There was a a principal who was like, I don't know if you should do this or you should do that. And he had some great ideas. And the diversity of thought that comes out of a group like that is totally different than the normal day-to-day teams that work in the office. And you're going to, you're going to get ideas that an architectural team wouldn't come up with. Right. You're going to get right. ideas that the graphics team wouldn't come up with people. Everybody's learning something from somebody on this type of a process. And I think that's fantastic. And And the only way that that happens is to put yourself into those situations.
1: So it's pretty cool. This is, this will become more tangible. And, um, as, as time goes on, because it's, it's something that's in the infancy stage, but one of the things that's somewhat similar, I do that with, you know, my kind of half hearted air quotes there, um, is, uh, so, you know, we have our collaboration day because we've got multiple offices like you guys do and, and you know, not all the time are we in contact. I mean, we're more in contact with our DC office than we are with our Arizona office. And, and so we like to do these things where we get together and do collaborative things within the office. You know, we come together as one big office team building. We talk about the state of the the firm and, in and, and all sorts of different uh, things just to kind of like connect everybody with each other. But um, we had, Someone in our office who came up with this great idea, an art show, because we're a multidisciplinary firm. We try to kind of like stay away from it being just, you know, isolated to art by architects, because, you know, then that sort of makes everybody else say, well, you know, maybe I'm not welcome because I'm interiors or I'm landscape or I'm planning or, you know, I'm administrative staff and stuff. So, you know, we, so um, I joined a committee of, you know, a handful of people from, all of the offices to help put together an art show, uh, you know, that's focused around collaboration day where, um, you know, we're calling it intersections. And what that means is whatever it means to you as the person, as the designer, the artist, the architect, whatever, you know, like I said, it's sort of, it sort of similar ish, but you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, as, as you're talking about like rekindling this, you know, kind of, the fun of, like, being, you know, the maker and, mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. You know, that's kind of where I'm I'm heading in. Like I said, I'll share a little bit more later. Cool. That'll be exciting to watch. Yeah. I'm geeked out about it. I'm getting back into doing art and being around artists. and Yeah. It's
2: nice to kind of make those different things fire in your brain, right, that you're not used to firing. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, creating a, a piece of artwork is a hell of a lot different than having to answer RFIs or, you know, develop schedules or additional service proposals and things like that. Although maybe I could do a mixed media art installation with all of those. <laughs> you might Good end up hating with that. You might end up hating that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Well, actually, I will stamp... Ah, oh, here you go. Cause I'm going to get this big, massive stamp or at least paint, um, revise and resubmit over the top of all of it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I have a WTF stamp at my desk, so you can get one of those too. There you go. Well, that sounds fun. I, uh, it's awesome. I, I can't wait to see the photographs. I was actually, uh, as you were talking about trying to scour HMC and, uh, Baseline tables, and um hadn't quite in, quite found your table yet, but um yeah, maybe you'll it's see it. Now. and and i put I sent a link in we'll put it
2: in the show notes to a little video that we put together uh, that I think we can it's public now that the event is over, but we'll put a link to that in there, and you can see kind of how it all came together and see the process and you can see my child slave laborers uh standing away on the on the table to make it perfectly smooth, awesome, yeah. Nice. Can't wait to see it. Perfect. There's the end.